This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to Five on Three, WFUV's NHL podcast here for another week. I'm Chris Hennessy. Thomas Quigley practically lived at the Garden this week. We'll get into that for sure. Uh, but first, Samantha Borer is here with us, her first episode. Thanks for joining us, Samantha. Happy to have you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk some hockey today. Sam's a, an Avs fan, so we'll certainly be us- utilizing that uh, <laughs> as the season goes on. Um, but we do want to stay local today because we also have a lot of coach firings to get to later. Uh, and we'll start with you, Quigs. You were at the Garden for three games this weekend. Uh, all three Ranger wins. They are hot, hot, hot right now. And Alex Georgiev is the man because Igor Shosturkin is on IR. And we talked at length the past couple of weeks about maybe he isn't the guy from 2019, uh, but he played a heck of a game against the Blackhawks and got a win. Yeah, he really did. Um, I mean, Friday, obviously, the entire arena was just dead silent as soon as he, as Igor Shosturkin went down. Entire team and franchise and fan base Kind of just the entire season flashed before our eyes, but um, luckily, uh, obviously, as you, as you guys know, Gallant after the game said it was minor lower body injury. They put him on the IR for seven days. He'll be out for the next two at least. But um, Georgiev looked real good Saturday. Uh, he looked good Friday night when he came in for Igor. Uh, stopped nine shots, including three huge saves on a very late Sharks power play. Um, but Saturday night, the two goals that he let in, very controversial, as I, I said in my recap um, that I recorded like 15 times outside of MSG before I could get it right. <laughs> uh, and uh, he really, he did look good. He stopped every other shot that, you know, it, I, I still have no idea how they went back and one didn't think that that was a high stick because it, it looked over the shoulder on the replay. I, maybe it's just that it was a pass instead of the actual shot that they were like, all right, we're not, we're going to let it slide. I have no idea how that, that happened. Um, hard to overturn a goal, I guess. But, um, you know, that's cr- that, that's a tough one because Georgiev had no idea where the puck was. You know, that that's a crazy play that you're really not going to see very very often at all. And uh, the other goal, um, I mean, it just the puck was behind him. He thought the whistle was blown, and then he gets kind of pushed into the goal. The puck gets pushed into the goal. Um, so that's really not on him either. So, you know, he had like... I forget the number of saves he had, but it was it was a lot, and uh, he uh, he looked good for once this season. I mean, I, I saw him against uh, the Sabers earlier this season on a Sunday night. He gave up five goals. Uh, he didn't look look like that Saturday night or Friday night. So hopefully he's trending uh, toward a better um, you know outcome in these next few games, and they're going to need him to play up because they've kind of been relying on uh, Chesterkin throughout the season, and you know. If you don't have a, a guy that you can trust in net, it's it's tough to be confident in the rest of your game. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that when I I saw him against I think the Flames back in ooh early October, and I think that was a six two loss for the Rangers. So that was tough to see. Um, but yeah, I mean he's gonna have to step it up because I guess like it is minor for Shesterkin, like they say. But I mean last time he was day to day in March, he was out for three weeks and missed ten games. So I guess we don't really know how minor the injury truly is. We can only hope. But, I mean, yeah, Georgiev looks really good. I mean, he was 3-2 when he played um, from February 25th through March 5th uh, last season. So, I mean, we can only hope that he keeps up something like that because, yeah, like you said, Rangers need something like that in that. Well, yeah, you, you, you mentioned the injury from last year, how that looked so serious, kind of like this one. Ended up, they said, oh, it's not so bad. And then a month later, it's like, well, wait, where's, 
Where's Igor Shesterkin? So obviously that's not the hope for this time. Um, this is also, the, I mean, I'm not trying to, but this is the third time in his three seasons he's been hurt. Of course, the car accident was a complete freak thing. Um, then we had the injury from last year, and now this. I, I don't think it's a much of a concern. They don't seem terribly related, um, especially the car accident, but um, that that is, you know, something just to note. Uh, as for the Rangers as a whole, as I mentioned, they just keep winning games. Uh, it's pretty remarkable at this rate how they are continue to be one of the top five teams in the National Hockey League, uh, pretty much no matter who they play. Uh, and, and that includes uh, Chicago. They have Chicago again tonight and then Colorado tomorrow in a really tough back-to-back. Um, and, it, I mean, I guess Keith Kincaid's playing tonight, right? So that that's a concern, you know. Obviously, yeah. he's not he's not Igor Shesterkin. So it, it'll be very interesting to see how the next couple of weeks uh, play out. And also Adam Fox, I think it was just a maintenance day, but he didn't practice uh, the other day, but I actually said, I don't know if Keith Kincaid is playing tonight because yeah, he's in COVID protocol. They just, they just called up uh, Adam Huska. Huska. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they Hartford. didn't. It yeah. wasn't Kincaid. Is Kincaid even? Up? I I don't even know. I think Kincaid Kincaid is currently in COVID protocol right now, so I don't think Ooh, he's available. So Adam Huska, which is sad, the Farmingville legend, the local uh, Long Island man himself. But I mean, for every team but the Islanders. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Adam Huska, his record's not bad in the AHL—a .924 save percentage in six AHL games. It's bad. I didn't even. I just Ranked assumed it was going to be Kincaid. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's in COVID <laughs> protocol. My bad. A surprise. Saturday. Huska mm. on Saturday. Yeah. Okay, so he's been around a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, that'll be one interesting. Game. <laughs> one game. He's well, I mean, that's. <laughs> Oh, well, it's not tonight, by the way, Chicago. It's tomorrow. Right, Tuesday night. I'm Got so it. used to recording on Tuesday. Yes. Recording on Monday. So I saw Tuesday. <laughs> oh, you it's off. tonight. No, it's it's Monday. Um, but yeah, good good stuff all around from the Rangers. There's really nothing else to say until you know something happens because they just keep winning and we just keep saying, "Wow, this is really great." I wonder when it's going to change, and it never changes. Um, so that's that's pretty much it on the Rangers. Uh, they the weekend roundup, if you will, one nothing win against the Sharks, a three two win against the Blackhawks. Uh, it was a 4-1 win against Philadelphia on Wednesday, and we'll certainly get into Elaine Vigneault and the Philadelphia Flyers in just a little bit. Uh, another hot team, uh, the New York Islanders. are on a three-game point streak. <laughs> get out of here. Uh, three-game point streak, <laughs> baby. Wish. Here we go. Uh, we're hot. Uh, no, they suck. Uh, 11 <laughs> losses in a row. Uh, it's bad. Uh, I think it's I think it's pretty much over at this point. Uh, any hopes of the playoffs? Um, and the bad thing, and I, you know, you always thought it was a good thing, but now it turns out it's a bad thing is that all of their guys are locked up long-term. Uh, so they don't really, don't really have the ability to get a first round pick, um, out of anybody. They don't have really anybody to expend because they don't have a player that's worth a dime on a contract year. Those players are Parise Green and Chara. And as much as I would like for especially Zidane Chara, cause he's bad at hockey, uh, to get off the New York Islanders, I, you know. What can I really say outside of that? He's old at hockey. He's old at hockey. You know that that might be more fair than he's bad. Um, but he also does is, is bad. Uh, there was a play. <laughs> there was a play in last night's game against Chicago, where the puck was like trickling back towards Varlamov. It was in a dangerous play, and Char turns around. And he's like gonna start skating towards it, but Barzell had a head of steam, and he was like forty feet behind him, and he whizzed right in front of Char and picked up the puck. And it's like, wow, I wonder if they know he can't skate with a puck anymore. Too. Like, <laughs> like Barzell's just stealing it from his own defenseman in the defensive zone. Um, I thought the Chicago game they played pretty well, honestly. Uh, I think that the first period was really bad. I don't really think you can deny that, but they got out one nothing, and that's you know that's a sign of a good team, right? To be able to to keep a bad period to one nothing or tied. Uh, and that's what they did in the first period. They came back in the second, thought they could have gotten a second goal in the second period. That was certainly 
a concern, but they got that first one. And then the, a dramatic game, you know, a dramatic ending. It's the loudest UBS has been. Uh, Mooney said that uh, in his report uh, from the game that it was the loudest that UBS Arena has been um, since the start. Uh, and the no adoption goal with two seconds to go. And then, you know, you lose to the shootout wizard and Patrick Kane. What can you do about that? Um, so three overtime losses in a row. Things look to be trending up, but they got to start winning hockey games at some point. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, were you obviously you're saying right now that you think they have no chance at the playoffs? I mean, they have a very slim chance. Yeah. So are you? I guess that that kind of answers my question. I was going to ask if you're if you're if you're happier or sadder than you were at this time last week when we were recording because um, they have they have lost three games, but they're all in overtime. They have points. Yeah, three point points streak. Out of it. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm pretty neutral. I think if they had even just won one, I maybe wouldn't have said, like, their playoff chances are none. But at this point, it's like you can't just lose every single game for a month and then just be like, oh, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs now. Like, that's not really how it works. And I do sound like a little bit of a um, a hypocrite because if you remember two years ago, they went on the 17-game point streak right around this time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is it. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And everybody was like, <laughs> oh, it's early in the season. I was like, no, but, like, they've locked up the play, And they didn't lock up the playoffs. They were out of a playoff spot by the time the season was canceled in March. But that that kind of sh- should have showed me that what happens before Christmas, at the end of the day, yeah, sure, it matters, but it's not the end-all, be-all. You can get hot or, in the case of 2019, get cold. And at the end of the day, that's what's going to matter more. Obviously, you look at the St. Louis Blues from that same season as the great example. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think I'm I'm still a little bit optimistic just because I can't, completely knock down everything that Barry Trotz has shown me for the last three years, but you're, I mean, I don't even want to pull it up. I don't even want to know what, how far behind they are. It's insane. And I, at some point, Sam, like it, it, you just have to admit that it's over. Yeah. I honestly, I think you kind of do. I mean, when the team has what, 15 points total this season, yeah. I think the record is, Oh God, I had five, it. ten, and five. Five, ten, and five. Now that is just—it's so brutal to see. Honestly, like you kind of hope, even though I've never been an Islanders fan, I never <laughs> will be an Islanders fan. You could not pay me to be in an Islanders jersey. Come on, you forty-six points in a season. I mean, Avalanche. It's worse than any season the Islanders have had. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't want. You said yourself, we're not talking about the Avs today, so don't slander my team <laughs> until it's time. I don't want to hear it. Um, but I mean, it's. It is brutal. It is just so brutal uh, seeing them at the very, very bottom of the Metro Division, especially with people injured. I mean, Brock Nelson's injured. Ryan Pollock's injured. It's hard. I have to say, I agree, though. Their playoff odds are just abysmal at this point. Like, I would, I'm not a betting woman, but if I was, I might bet against them. Yeah. Yeah. I would would tend to agree. (laughs) They are six games out of the playoffs, uh, and it's only, you know, December 6th. They haven't won a game since November 6th uh, in Winnipeg. They haven't won a game at home. They built this brand new arena. It's like, oh my goodness, it's gonna propel them forward. And what a it's shame! Just, it's just been so bad. <laughs> um, but the thing, I mean, their schedule is getting easier. And at, the last three games, right? San Jose, Chicago, and Detroit. Those were three winnable games. As we mentioned, they lost all three of them. They have Ottawa next. They have Nashville after that. They have New Jersey. That's six winnable games in a row. You've already lost three of them, Quigs. At this. It's stupid to say a game against a bad team that's not in your division on a Tuesday in December is a must-win game. But if they don't break the shot against Ottawa, at mm. some, like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, as the number grows, um, it gets harder to take. 
but if they did lose in regulation this time, um, this is just a little fun fact. Uh, oh their their record <laughs> their record would be a palindrome, five one one five. Wow. Now, so doesn't that cool. make you feel so much better, Chris? <laughs> I was thinking about, so the, uh, the reason that I bring that up is because I was thinking about that uh, for the Lions yesterday because they uh, one, they got one, their zero, first one. win. Yep. They're one and ten and one right now. Wow. Um, and yeah. I was like, oh, they could if they win two more if they win two more games and lose and and tie two more games, <laughs> then they'd finish the season with a palindrome. <laughs> and these these are the things that just uh, keep really keep me going. Yeah. We're changing so, the name of this podcast to the Mind of Thomas Quinn. Right. <laughs> I and like it. it. It could go some dark places probably with that, but. <laughs> Yeah, with this Islanders team, I th- I do think it's a little early to give up. Um, I mean, they do have, I think, just by definition, the e- er, the easiest remaining schedule because of how their schedule is backloaded uh, with the home games. But it's also twenty games into the season for them, and there's obviously sixty two left. This is a team that has been a semifinalist two straight years, um, and they have a Stanley Cup winning coach. I don't think that we can necessarily give up on them based on obviously 11 straight losses is terrible. And really, you know, I, that's really I, hard to fathom, yeah. especially at the beginning of the season. Cause they were really, they were really solid at the beginning of the season going on the road, winning. They were five, yeah. five, two and one. They really one set point. themselves and up they, for like a fantastic November and December. And they were seeing it completely just turn into a dumpster fire. It's crazy. I mean, there were five, two and one another five, Ten and two, but it's five, so five. it's so easy to go on streaks like this. I mean, the Rangers are on a, on a very long, big streak right now. Mm-hmm. They have five straight, seven straight at home, and it might be six and eight at this point. I have lost track. They're so good, um, but the, <laughs> uh, the I, give the, I think you have to give the Islanders a little bit more chance to turn it around. Obviously, they're not where they're at, and if they win or if they lose twelve straight, you know the numbers just keep piling up. I don't think there's a, a specific. Uh, number of losses straight where you have to be like, all right, this is. Call it. <laughs> There's no. I shouldn't be watching these games anymore. Maybe it's around 15, but um, I think they still have time to turn it around. I do too. I do too. I and I only say that they have no. It's chance easy to be pessimistic just, for you because it's easy you're also a Jets that. fan. I get uh, that. <laughs> Shot just firing. Shots after shots. Uh, that's okay. I mean, he's, his team's got a big game that we got on the TV here in about an hour, uh, so he's allowed to do that and has been for. Um, our entire lives. Yeah. So that's okay. Um, <laughs> it's just a bad team. It's just a really bad team. Uh, the New Jersey Devils just hopped out to a one nothing lead 35 seconds into their game against Ottawa. Oh, wow. Um, and they've been, you know, we just keep saying, they just keep plugging along. They got Jack Hughes back. We talked about the contract extension last week. Uh, they just keep plugging along, staying in the playoff race a little bit. Um, they did get killed against Winnipeg. They gave up eight goals. That's not great. Uh, but, uh, for a team, Samantha, that was not supposed to be great. They've been, you know, as we just keep saying, they've been fun. Uh, and Jack Hughes is really good at hockey. Yeah, honestly, I've been a Jack Hughes fan since he was drafted. I am like a day one Jack Hughes fan, and I will own that one. Um, so it's really exciting to see him back, especially after he was gone for so long. I think since like October 19th, he missed like yeah, 17 it was, games it was a long time. or something like that. So I'm really excited to see him back. Um, and, you know, I mean, his two brothers also play, or at least Luke's down in um, Michigan right now, but. Quinn's playing for the Canucks, which that's a whole other story we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're doing okay. I'm surprised for you. Yeah, like you said, a team that's okay at hockey. I'm fine with it. Their loss to the Jets was so brutal. I mean, they took five goals that they were not able to answer. And that is always heartbreaking, even when it's a team that I don't necessarily love all the time. But like, <laughs> gosh, from being able to tie it up 3-3 in the second, that's so exciting. And then just getting obliterated by scoring five goals in a row for the Jets. That's, that is painful. But 
I don't know. What do you do? You have any opinions on what you think the problem is in that situation? That they're just Why? not good. Well, okay. Just, we're not supposed to be a good hockey team, yeah. and there's <laughs> not a good hockey team. But mm-hmm. they have a couple guys who are young. They're fast. They're fun, and they're going to win some games they don't necessarily deserve to win. Yeah, I like the future for the Devils. Oh, absolutely. But they're no. There's no way that they make the playoffs this year. Look at the division they're in. I mean, oh, it's no. the reason why the it's re, it's kind of the reason why the Islanders have no chance. Right. Um. There's only two bad teams in in the division right now. That's the Islanders and the Flyers. The yeah. Devils are. They're okay. not a good team. They're they're you know holding serve right now, but they're they're, they're NHL not, 500. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they have four overtime losses. So. Right. They're NHL 500. They have 22 yeah, points. Which 22 I, points. I think is stupid. I mean, like. They're a bad team. If you can't win games, if you're losing games, the Islanders are on an 11-game losing streak, and that didn't end because they had three, three overtime losses. Three point, three game point streak. Sure, oh, wow. they, you can call it a point streak, but it's, if you want it to. says L11 right next to all of that. So. <laughs> I Actually, think it says OT3. It says OT. Okay, well, I'm on Google then. Google says L11. I think it's and hard. Google owns everything. So <laughs> Google owns everything. That's the that's the end all be all. Right. I think it's hard when like the big names are not necessarily following through the way you want them to. I mean like. P.K. Subban's not exactly like the hot shot he once was, mm-hmm. and I've never been a fan of him on the ice. Nope. Off the ice, he's a great guy on oh, the off ice. Off the ice, he's so much fun. I oh. can't wait till that guy gets employed by ESPN. Right? That's like, going to be so much fun. So yeah. much fun. Off the ice, I think he's great, and he does some very charitable work. I'm a fan of that, but on the ice, I've never liked him, but he's just not following through the season. I mean, he has nine points in 22 games. That's that's kind of hard. I mean, great for me. Hard to look at. And, like, Ryan Graves, ex-Avalanche, oh, miss him. But he's <laughs> he's not necessarily following through in the way that I'm sure they hoped when they acquired him either. So I, th- I think when you look at the offensive numbers for Graves, uh, you, you say that, but then you remember he's getting tugged along by Doug Hamilton, who's mm. one of the best offensive defensemen in the league. It's all right, all right he's going to suck up the points, and Graves is going to be there for the defensive defensive skill. Kind of similarly to um, to him and Gerard, but or I guess Hayes really played with Gerard, but yeah. that— that Gerard really sucks up those offensive points, and, and those other guys can play defense more. Um, that that's definitely the role Dougie Hamilton has played on pretty much every team he's been on since he was in Boston. Um, the locals outside of the Rangers really are just the Islanders, the Devils. They're bad, and um, I won't, don't want to talk about them anymore. Okay, <laughs> um, a semi-local who's also bad. You mentioned them earlier. The Philadelphia Flyers. Oof. They fired their head coach Elaine Vigneault, our, our old friend here in New York. Uh, they also fired assistant coach Michelle. Tarion, uh, so two former coaches of the Montreal Canadiens, two guys who could speak French, and a new GM in Montreal. Hmm, interesting. Mm. Uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> interesting. I don't think that they're going to go either one of those ways, though, mm. just because um, they've said Dominic Ducharme is safe for the whole season. I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, <laughs> and they're also retreads of former Canadiens coaches. I don't think they're going to go either, either one of those ways, but Mike Yeo is, um, is the replacement. Uh, and It's kind of a funny, we mentioned the Blues earlier as well, uh, funny kind of... Uh, 180 thing where he was the guy fired in favor of Craig Berube uh, when the Blues made that historic turnaround at New Year's, um, and now he is the one trying to do that for the Philadelphia Flyers. I, they're not going to do it, nope. but <laughs> um, no. But it's a uh, it's a good time to get rid of AV. They have are going to pay him a lot of money for a couple more years now. But uh, at the end of the day, Quigs, this, this had to happen because the Flyers stink. Yeah. So I mean, the Flyers. This is a. Uh... <sighs> Now I'm completely forgetting his name, but I was, I, there's, the NHL insider was talking about this. LeBron with, Friedman. It was Friedman. Friedman. It was Friedman. Okay. Uh, uh, it might not have been. Guy with the all crazy right. hair. All right. Well, Whatever. Whichever one of those. So they're all. <laughs> we'll some it. some guy who knew he was talking about uh, <laughs> was talking about how the, the there was a disconnect between the Flyers players last year and the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaching staff thought the players weren't really taking their job as seriously as they should have been, and the players' side of that was that they thought the coaches weren't 
as understanding to the challenges of playing hockey uh, during a pandemic season, as which much more so last season, obviously, with no fans in the stands, um, a lot more rigid protocols with no vaccine. Uh, so it was kind of just uh, a broken marriage that had to end at some point. Um, and I mean, I don't, with the whole Elaine Vigneault, he was a coach for the Rangers. Like I liked him when he, you know, took us to a Stanley cup, but, um, never, he'd been a huge fan of him, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's also kind of one of those like college, like old college football trainers where it's like, well, those aren't his players. Like it was kind of the same deal. Like, yeah. He kind of instilled the system, but he also left McDonough and Girardi out for like 30 minutes a game. And that right. was a whole big problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know that was how much credit I get. How granted, he did also go to the Stanley Cup final with Vancouver. He's not a bad coach, um, but I think this was the time for him to go. And it's funny, you know, Montreal obviously has their issues. Vancouver now has an opening. We'll talk about in a second. Now AV is is out there, so that's obviously mm-hmm. very ironic. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's tough. I mean, you can hope that Mike Yo is able to like turn it around. I mean, like you said, St. Louis, he has an okay record in what he's done so far. I really liked, I was reading an interview where he said he's not so much hoping for lineup changes, but for an attitude change from the mm. team. And I was like, oh, I love that positivity. Good for you. Uh, where he said he, he said he's just looking for an attitude change in the team at this point, saying they need to be playing to compete. Um, and when they're getting scored on first, they need to win. But I just checked the score. They're playing my beloved Avalanche right now, and they're actually up one, oh. which is heartbreaking for me. <laughs> but you know mm. what? If they can turn it around tonight, then maybe he's doing something right. But um, it's early in the game, so I'm not ready to concede yet. But promising night, I suppose. Yeah, I guess first five minutes of the game. Uh, Chuck Fletcher is now the Flyers general manager. He was the general manager when Yo was hired by um, by Minnesota, so that the connection's obviously there. Uh, he was in his third season as the Flyers assistant, and now he's the head coach of that team. Uh, Carter Hart has been better this year. Uh, and it's hard to get worse than he was last year. We talked about that a lot, uh, but he because he was historically bad. Mm. Uh, but he's been better this year, uh, and it feels like the 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 straw that broke the camel's back on this one was yesterday's game again, or was it yesterday or Saturday? As Saturday, I, I think. Saturday. What's the one they lost seven one? Oh, that no, was yesterday. Sa- was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, December fifth. Tampa lost seven one to Tampa. Uh, that feels like the straw that broke the camel's back, and uh, they're in Philadelphia. Uh, the one that we knew was going to happen eventually because this team sucks. <laughs> um, talk about a team that's Tell us bad. how you really feel. I mean, come on. I mean, this team. Enough yeah. with this team. <laughs> uh, Thatcher Demko is supposed to be like our American goalie hero after he won the World Juniors, and then they get drafted to freaking Vancouver, and he has like one good playoff series against um, – Oh god, who they beat? They lost to Vegas, where he had the he had he had the three games in a row where he br- brought them right back into the into the um into the series because Markstrom won the series. Then he almost blew it in against Vegas, and Demko single handedly brought them all the way back. And just those three games from Thatcher Demko, they're like let's 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 like this is the team. This is the team for the future. When it clearly was not, they traded Jay Beagle uh, and Louis Erickson on the last year of their deal for the worst contract. Or one of the worst contracts in the entire sport, and Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, that's been not so great, although he hasn't been terrible, but still not great uh, for that price tag. They did re-sign Quinn Hughes long-term. That was a nice move. They did re-sign Elias Pedersen for three years, but at the end of the day, Jim Benning was what Jim Benning was, which was handing out big contracts to players who didn't deserve them and putting together a team that was not Stanley Cup worthy and then sticking some sticking some poor coach behind the bench and saying, you have to deal with this now and it's going to be all your fault later. Um, so Jim Benning finally fired after eight years. 
Yeah, Saturday night, uh, the end of that game was pretty. It's pretty sad it was, to watch. It was interesting. It's pretty sad to watch. I mean, obviously, everybody starts booing. Uh, they uh, start shouting, "Fire, fire Benning!" Uh, and that's gonna really sting <laughs> if you're sitting there just standing that hurts there. Your so team's badly. down four-one. You're like, ah. Oh. I knew I was going to get fired, well, but this then, is tough. And then somebody <laughs> took their down. jersey off and threw right. it onto the ice. So that is so, like, I mean, imagine, like, any, how many how many Islanders jerseys do you have? Uh, three. You have three. Imagine just losing one of them. How would you feel? Uh, one's Nick Luddy. He's not on the team anymore, so, okay. you know. So you're willing right. to so, so, okay. <laughs> if, if things are really bad. But would you wear that jersey to a, to a game? No, I'd probably wear it. Right. Yeah. So any, any game-worthy jersey. Imagine just saying, like, <laughs> I don't even want this anymore. And just it's not tossing it, it on the rink of play. The middle, I mean, not the middle of the game. There's 1.6 seconds left. But, I mean, that takes a lot of gall. That happened in Serrano earlier this season, too. This is the second exactly. time this happened. So, I mean, Gosh. that's just, it, that's really tough. And it shows where the Canucks are at right now. Um, or their fan base, at least. Uh, but Bruce Boudreau. The I return. Think, I, mm. think, I think it'll... It can't be worse, right? <laughs> no. And, well, I, mean, um, I don't could, think you, it can. He could be the Coyotes. And, he, and he's a, you know, he, he gets a lot of offensive production from his teams. Uh, that could maybe jumpstart Pedersen a little bit. Uh, it, it can't get worse. And that's the upset. No, I really, I don't think it can, it can get worse for this team, honestly, because last year, I mean, during the bubble or during the height of COVID, I mean, they were, oh, my God. oh they took such a kick from COVID. I mean, they had 21 players and four coaches that tested positive in March. They had the worst outbreak in the league. And that is, that's already tough. So, I mean, this is just kind of kicking them when they're down. But, oh, this, uh, this, the stats are just so sad to look at. I mean, the worst penalty kill percentage in the league, like an 8-15-2 record, that is just so sad. So they're really cleaning house. I mean, they're firing the assistant manager, Jim Weisbrod, assistant coach, Nolan Baumgartner. They're cleaning house. So hopefully they can build from the bottom up. But I guess we'll find out. They are all out there in Vancouver. And the return of Bruce Boudreau, which I think is great because you had this story with Boudreau uh, last season after the firing of Ralph Kruger in Buffalo that they're like, oh, who are they going to hire? They obviously ended up hiring Don Granado as the interim, and then he hired him full term over the summer. Uh, but Boudreaux literally came out and publicly said, like, I will take the Buffalo job, which is like, I will take the sword just to get back behind the bench because he hadn't been behind the bench. He wasn't even an assistant at the time. Um, this is a guy who hmm, didn't win a Stanley Cup because that was Trotz, obviously, um, but bounced around, had some good seasons with Washington, had a couple of nice seasons with Anaheim, and then the Minnesota Wild were the Minnesota Wild under him. There's not much you can do about that. Um, but I, I like Bruce Boudreaux. I think this is a good fit. I think that they kind of need somebody who knows who knows what they're doing. Travis Green, as you know, as much as they showed a little bit of promise during the bubble, never really proved he knew what was he was doing. They needed this veteran guy in there. Claude Julian would have been a good fit as well um, to, to really kind of right the ship here because this is a, a brutal media market. As you mentioned, Quiz fans who are are irate because it's been fifty years without a Stanley Cup. Mm. Uh, so th- this really, in my mind, this this works perfectly. We've seen what these fans do. <laughs> um, well, we don't have to go back to it. 2011 was a mess uh, after they lost that Stanley Cup. Uh, so I mean, this is a this is a very a, a, a punished fa- franchise and uh, a punished fan base. And really, the, I mean, this is outside of what the the C A the CFL. I mean, this is their only team to uh, really stake their name to, as far as teams that really matter in the grand scheme of sports at large in North America. So. This is all I got, and uh, it's just it's a really sad time to be a Canucks fan. <laughs>
Yeah, what isn't, honestly. What one move that I didn't mention, and I think is an underrated bad move from from Benning, was they traded trade deadline right before the pandemic. They traded for Tyler Toffoli. They traded one of their prospects, Tyler Madden, who's a middle middle level prospect, not for LA. Not nothing crazy. Um in a pick, I believe, as well, to LA for Tyler Toffoli. They put Toffoli in the lineup, and immediately it was it was perfect. And the, the offense worked really well. That's how they got forward in the bubble. And then Toffoli leaves for less than $5 million a year for really four years into Montreal. And we've seen that he's been pretty solid. He's hurt now, but we've seen that he's been pretty solid in his year plus in Montreal. That, to me, was a huge, like, just bad move for Vancouver because it was a move where it's like, that's that's the kind of move where I would expect like a team who's going for the Stanley Cup to, to trade a guy, to trade for a guy and then just let him walk. If you win the Stanley Cup, it really doesn't matter. Nobody's gonna say anything. But when you lose in the second round and it's the farthest you've been since the Stanley since twenty eleven, like I'm sorry, like that that move to me was kind of the beginning of the end because he I felt like he was chasing after that with every move that Benning made. Yeah, I mean it's hard because he's had He's had some okay times in the past. I mean, when um, before he got fired by the Wild, I mean, he got his teams to the playoff 10 out of 12 seasons that he was there. So it's not like he's had some terrible records. But, yeah, he, he made some poor, poor trades, poor decisions. But, I mean, it's gone now. Yep, that is it. That is uh, the end of the Jim Benning era in Vancouver. Mercifully, after eight years, basically, I don't think anybody wanted him. Like, nobody really knew who he was, obviously. But I feel like the fire Benning chance had been going on for a long time. Uh, in Vancouver, and they finally get their wish uh, this week. Uh, big game for your Pats tonight, Quicks. I wanted to bring this up. Real big game. Um, I'm actually kind of very nervous. I haven't got the bye yet. Six Super Bowls. Uh, you know, nothing to be. Have to play these guys twice, and and the Titans have the easiest schedule remaining. They I do. Mean, they get to play like well, the Jags, just, Dolphins. They did just lose to the Texans. We used so. to play the Colts and the Bills twice. Like ugh. nobody Stop. feels bad for you. I know. I know. <laughs> I know that. The Broncos lost. I'm sorry. Oh, I, that's okay. I'm going to say a very controversial thing here. I'm not a Broncos fan. Oh, okay. I'm from Denver. I'm a Raiders fan, okay. actually. Which, yeah. Made um, it worse. Quick, yeah, <laughs> that, Quick just gave, me, Quick just gave me such a, Yeah, I know. Quick just gave me such a glare across the studio, but that's okay. I mean, I have to say, hockey is the main sport I follow, but oh, it always hurts being a Raiders kid. My dad always bought me a little shirt when I was younger that said, like, real kids bleed silver and black. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I will, ride, I will ride my Raiders bandwagon all the way to the bank if we ever make it there. But, yeah, yep. that's okay that the Broncos lost, I will take it, and I can rub it in my friends' faces back at home. <laughs> I guess that I, I take back my apology. Ah, that's okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't feel bad for you, Quicks, and I hope they lose, of course. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather them win the game. Uh, it's going to be snowing. It's going to be it's gonna, it's gonna Oh, be it's going to be sick. so great. It's going to be an awesome game. It's going to be a great I'm game. I'm supposed to be, like, I'm, I'm swamped right now. I have so much work to do, mm-hmm. but I won't be doing it for three hours. <laughs> All right, that's the end of our hockey podcast for the week. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back next week. I'm at the... Again, not the Coliseum, you idiot. UBS Arena <laughs> on Thursday. Again, uh, when they play Nashville. Uh, garden this week? No. I, no uh, garden for you I'm this drowning. week. It, this is the week of Colin Lochran at Madison Square Garden. So we will be back next Tuesday uh, for Sam Barr, for Thomas Quigley. I'm Chris Hennessy. We'll see you next week.